0: Homestyle Green, episode 103. It's all about airtightness, with Derek Ward from Clioma. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast all about inspiring people to make a better place to live. If you're listening to the show, you're probably wanting to design your own home or maybe get a house designed that is going to be sustainable, Healthy, comfortable, and energy efficient. Now, this week I spoke to uh, Derek Ward in Sligo Island, and he works for a company called Climber House, and they are specialists in bridging the gap between beautiful architectural design and good construction that leads to high-performing homes. He calls himself an architectural technologist, and we get into a bit about what that is and also some mentions some some of the cool products and services that they offer. Speaking of cool products, I'm uh, excited to have coming on board the Homestyle Green show uh, some new sponsors, and I'm going to talk a bit more about that probably in the next couple of episodes, uh, but it's great to know that this, this show is helping people uh, get uh, some confidence in designing and, uh, and and building better and also is helping people well, it's raising some questions really about how people do that. Um, in the meantime though I also want to acknowledge the great support from nadora.com and if you haven't checked them out then definitely head over to energy efficient dot co dot nz or you can go to nadura.com now, Nadora's just taken out a bunch of uh, awards over in the U.S. for various categories of buildings, and uh, I'll put some links to those in, in the in the show notes. I've tweeted about them today. But um, the insulated concrete form of Nidora is proving itself for its ease of construction, high performance thermally, um, and also the other benefits like great sound insulation qualities and really... Um, strong against wind, earthquake and other uh, possible things that might cause your your house to um, have some issues. So check them out, com or nz. Bit of a long chat with Derek, so let's get stuck straight in. I started out, we were chatting about one of the reasons why you might want to visit Sligo. What's the best thing about living in Sligo?
1: The best thing living in Sligo, well, for a New Zealander, might be the surf because this is—we've got one of the top surf places in the world. We're in the top ten here. If you ever look the global map of surfing, believe it or not, it's a I, big yeah. surf area. I here. would not
0: pick Ireland as a place to. Uh, no, a lot
1: of people wouldn't. If you uh, if you Google it afterwards, or you look at waves Mulligmore, or something like that, you'll see some. There's a lot of tow surfing goes on out here, and uh, yeah, it's a good surf place. It's a very big outdoor. Uh, you know the lifestyle here is very much orientated towards the outdoors. Right. A lot of surfing, a lot of hill walking, mountain climbing, supping, stand up paddling is big in the lakes around here. It's uh, yeah, right. it's just a very good centre for outdoor activity. Yeah. And it's um, you know it has that rural community vibe. I want yeah. Want a little yeah. better expression as well.
0: So in the daytime, when you're not surfing, you're you're an
1: architectural technologist. For those yes.
0: that haven't heard that term before, what, what does that mean?
1: An architectural technologist is, um, they specialize in the science of architecture, I suppose. It's, uh, you know, in relation to building design and construction, the concern with the technical side of design, uh, I suppose, they ensure the functionality of a building and its performance success. Uh, looking at the detail of construction and how it's put together. Uh, A lecturer of mine in college said years ago that an architectural technician or a technologist's job was to take a beautiful building that was designed as a sphere and to put some corners on so it didn't roll away.
0: Right. Nice. And does the importance of that, um, what's the importance of an architectural technologist beyond the building code? Because surely the building code would stop the,
1: the round building
0: from rolling away.
1: Yeah, well, it's depend. I suppose it's in relation to the standard. Now, the, the, the building codes and standard we have here in Ireland, it's uh, it's progressing all the time. But in relation to uh, achieving uh, the quality of the build, it's still there's a lot of loops in it. There's still a lot of um, it's still quite easy to build a rubbish house here mm-hmm. in Ireland, possibly in the UK, and and check every as you go. There's been some changes to legislation quite recently, uh, March last year, that has moved the emphasis of the certification of construction and the inspection of construction towards the architect, the engineer, the surveyor, whoever is uh, signing off in the building. And that's created an environment where buildings have to be, the theory is that they would have to be policed to put more. Uh, the construction would have to be, uh, you know, the standard of construction would have to be confirmed at every stage of construction. But right. having said that, our regulations still are very lax. Say compared to passive house standard, it would be very low standard of construction here is yep. possible. It depends on the client and the builder.
0: So how in demand then are your services to get those technical details uh, correct and or, or as, as good as they can be?
1: Well, in a personal context, uh, we'd be very busy doing a lot of work in relation to passive. And we also do a lot of consultancy. I would do a lot of consultancy in Klima House. That's the company I work for. Um, I would do a lot of consultancy in relation to other builds outside passive house in relation to air tightness and um, insulation, installing, you know, just details just to create the envelope. Yeah a healthy warm envelope um to live in
0: right so Uh, people coming to you even if they they don't necessarily want to go to passive house standard they want they know that they want a healthy comfortable efficient house they might come to you and say how do we do that
1: yeah that, 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 that would be kind of our bread and butter here or my bread and butter in the company would be you know at least two or three times a week, I'll talk to people that are prospective clients, or sometimes it won't even be clients at all. They're just ringing up because one branch of Clean House that I work with is they, they started off back in 2006 as an airtight installer. Uh, Roman Shapura, the head of the company, he actually he was an airtightness installer. He did put in airtight membranes in Germany before he came to Ireland, and then he got involved in working with airtightness here and cellulose installation. Yep. And because of that background. We would be on a contact list here you know, for people who are interested in going down that route or have questions in relation to either air tightness, maybe it's mechanical ventilation or cellulose, uh, any of those things. They might just ring us up. Sometimes it's to get a ballpark figure of uh, of a price for to get work done. And sometimes it's just to ask about, you know, they're, they're thinking of starting a project um, and where they should go or just some of our advice on like just some of the pitfalls to avoid or some of the ways to go some of the directions to some of the things to embrace at the beginning at the design stage which is really um you know it's really important the sooner you think about how much you want to how much you want to do in relation to specification the cheaper it can become and the easier it can become it, it, like if you get what i'm saying so I, the key I, is I, to
0: find someone like yourselves sooner rather than later you, you, would that be at concept stage
1: yeah, I think so. But when I say ourselves, there are several companies that do what we do here in Ireland. You know, like as well as the UK, like there's a lot of people doing what we do. I suppose we've mixed, we, we've crossed over. Um, when I was invited to join Klima House, uh, Roman, who you know the company, the head of the company, like he said, what attracted me to joining him was he he wanted to uh, to bridge the gap between the drawing board and the actual construction site. He felt that there yep. was a gap. He felt that from working, uh, installing airtightness, that he was coming onto jobs too late. And that's what attracted him to get into actual the construction of passive houses to become a principal contractor was to be in control, say, from the designs st- or try to get in at the design stage as early as possible, really.
0: Right. Because I can imagine that if you're turning up to a site to do a given task of, of what the the task is to make it airtight, if you Mm. haven't been involved in how the walls are going to join onto the roof, then that would be quite a hard thing to, to figure out on site.
1: Yeah. 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 If I could give you one example might be uh, the first floor construction, if we've got floor joists or a hollow core a slab as a first floor, um, for first floor construction, if if air tie, if the air ties membrane is considered before that element goes in, they can build a little apron or put a you, use a bit of solid texture. You, you use a membrane in the wall to lap around. Around it to give joists or the hollow core uh, an airtight seal that can be connected to the overall airtight seal. Yep. But if that's not done when you come on site, then you're chasing those drafts or that air leakage nearly through the building. You know, so you either have to put a membrane around or, or a tape or something around every floor joist, or if it's a hollow core section, you you could have to tape the top and the bottom and try to follow the slabs around and you know you could be chasing air leaks right into the, the the center of a building or into the heart of a building
0: you're right so that you know so that yeah. that's uh, all about you ensuring that the individual elements as they go up have something integrated in them for you to attach the rest of the membrane onto at a later point
1: exactly that's a very important one and it's just something that a little bit of consideration you know, not necessarily at the design stage, you know, like a lot of clients would go to an architect, you know, I suppose, again, my profession, you know, while there are technologies that do do design, especially for on a domestic level, like the basis of my uh, professional background would be the science, you know, and, and the technical side, whereas people might want to go to an architect who's trained for, in design, is going to design some very nice concept. But even at that stage or just after that stage, maybe before the planning or whatever, just when the building, when you have the form and you're just trying to get into the detail of it, if you could embrace those elements, then it, just, it, it can just go like a dream and become a very simple project.
0: Right. And so again,
1: obviously that affects cost. And that is uh-huh. a big, you know, when people talk about passive house or talk about airtightness or high spec buildings, cost is straight away, you know, that's, that's the first argument against it nearly.
0: And what's your response when someone raises that uh, concern?
1: Uh, well, to risk of repeating myself, I think that if it's embraced at the beginning, um, I, I was listening to Elrond there in a, in a previous podcast of yours, and I thought he made a very good point there about the context of um, at what stage these elements are embraced and how that cost can affect it if, they're, if, if it's taken into the overall budget at an early stage. Yeah. And then as well as if it's compared or, or if you take the balance of like how much extra it costs in relation to, you know, your fitted kitchen or your, your yeah. furniture or, you know, other, other bits and pieces of the house that would be at the last stage that would, like would have the potential to change or could be changed if you want to change it. Yep. Like the big thing for us is, or my, my big pet hate is the, just sealing up things and moving on and not doing them properly and then you're just dealing with you're trying to plug a hole for the rest of that building's uh lifetime and it's 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 in relation to health you know like like a good you know passive house principles to relate like it's it does relate to the building in from a health point of view and from the occupancy you know their enjoyment how they how they live in the building and how it works for them, you know that 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 that's a major element that, that can be all dealt with at a very early stage. And we're working on a project like we're building passive houses now in Ireland, and we're working. We've had a couple of clients that budget has been a consideration, but not a major one. But we have a client at the moment that we're just actually hoping to finish a build in about eight weeks, and budget has been a major concern for them. But they 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 came to us, or that client and Roman have had a long relationship, and the goal of the two of them was to build a passive house that didn't cost a fortune. That was kind of relatively, you know, that the cost was relevant to other more traditional builds. Yep, that's gone quite well. Um, we're, it's looking like it's maybe you know, 5 to 10% over the budgets from the initial concept, you know, from his initial concept design. But at the same time, relatively speaking, it's been built, uh, you know, it's coming at a very good price.
0: So is that near completion now?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We're just, we've tilers going in there. The tilers are going in there this week, I think
0: and is that is there some information hope, online hope. where people can um have a look at that
1: as a as a project? where uh we have a website but we don't have a lot of information online on that house at the moment but we're hoping to do by the end of uh march or february excuse me february okay yeah so in the next three to four weeks we're hoping to get a lot of information up about that um about that build we have a lot of uh roman um at cleoma and myself would have put pictures occasionally up on twitter about it and put some information up about it yeah um but we've just been so i suppose our workload's just been so busy this time last year we had great plans to have everything online but we've just been really really busy uh and it's just kind of taken off so much that we've just uh, unfortunately we've just been a bit slow to get everything up online. but it is our plan to have it up online in the next couple of weeks
0: so that's hopefully a good problem then that you're in high demand. What do you attribute that to?
1: Well, I suppose the first thing I would attribute to is uh, Roman Shapura, like uh, Klima House's name and their airtightness results and their standards. They have such a good standard and such a good name that um, as a, like we, we work here we work in Ireland, we work in the UK, and we work in France and Germany because people who, it's funny, in some ways there's a network of people that are in this industry. And when somebody goes to do a build, they talk to people and by word of mouth, our name comes up. And we're like, we're very lucky. We're not the only people that do this or the only people that you know, reach these standards. But we're just, I suppose we have a good name and people contact us and through word of mouth.
0: Has there always been an industry in installing airtightness and creating an airtight uh, envelope in building?
1: Um, yes, is the short answer. You know, this is uh, you know airtightness is one of the five principles of passive house design. So passive house design is on the go for twenty years, but here in Ireland, it's it, it is relatively new here in Ireland, and it's. Um, it's use or it's it, it's been embraced in principle at the moment through uh, we have accredited or recommended building design uh, details that are part of the regulations here. So they have to be met. So it, it, it's it's it been embraced at the moment, but actually the practical implication of it on site is still leaves something to be desired in general construction.
0: So is it part of the regulation to have a, a blow door test?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah right so there's there's a, here, there is a yeah. bit
0: of a drive there uh and i guess there's a good awareness of airtightness as a concept
1: there is as a concept but it would not be unusual for for myself to get maybe one or two call phone calls a week where people have built a house and um uh, you know they'd be at their second fit uh Stage of construction, or even beyond that, and they will ring and say they're looking at getting some air tightness done because they need it done for the regulations. Right. The test. You know, right. that's, that's, I get those calls twice a week, you know, at least. And and, and so, what do you uh, say?
0: What do you say to those people?
1: I, I say there's not a lot we can do for them, unfortunately. Um, And uh, it's on a personal level, some people are, are quite distressed over that because they've spent, you know, a couple of hundred thousand on a home and they're uh-huh. trying to create a, a You know, for us in the the industry, it's very easy for some people just to fall into this um, kind of mindset that we're just building houses. But like for a lot of people, it's a one or once in a lifetime or maybe twice in a lifetime experience or actually to build their own houses a once uh, to build their own home is a once in a lifetime experience that they. You know, channel a lot of energy and emotion and finance into And uh, they're trying to do the best for themselves, their family or whatever, and uh, they just haven't been informed. And that's something that here in Ireland, possibly the UK as well, it's the gap between uh, self-build and the information for self-builders and the industry is, it, it, it can be quite a big gap because with the best intentions of the world, people have to educate themselves if they choose not to go down the road of hiring professionals or a design team, which can seem like a good idea from a budget point of view, but in the end, you know, if they fail to educate themselves, for instance, in relation to air tightness, it can have serious implications on, you know, their energy bills, on the quality of the bills, mm. on, 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 you know, on their occupancy of the house.
0: What would you say, this might be a little bit uh, strange in, in your regulatory environment, but what would you say to someone from New Zealand, possibly Australia and other parts of the, the world as well, where there aren't regulations uh, regarding the air tightness. There's no requirement in the code for a particular level of air tightness. Why should people care about that? In, in, and perhaps in a milder climate as well, where there aren't the, the negative um, sub-zero temperatures um, and yeah, you know, it's a little bit more moderate throughout the year. Is air tightness still relevant
1: I think so. I think uh, it, it, the temperature, you know, like it's an issue, but I think uh, air tightness is relevant anywhere because in one way, air tightness is very badly named <laughs> because yeah. it people think of this kind of hermetically sealed box, yep. you know, and they think, well, why do I want to live, you know, like I want to be able to breathe natural air. And they think that, you know, I'm going to live in this airtight sealed box but in in a way airtightness is just it's contr- like it's control of drafts and leaks so you're controlling the environment you live in and you're taking charge of the energy that leaves your house yep. or how it leaves your house and the other thing in relation to airtightness um which is a huge thing i i think is the um, airtightness's relationship to insulation and the performance of insulation yeah uh, there's a blog by 475 uh, High Building, uh, High Performance Building Supply. They're an American company, and they do a very good blog on airtightness and you know construction and construction in relation to Passive House.
0: And I interviewed they a blog. I interviewed
1: Ken last week. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> okay, I well, no, it hasn't. Come, it, and it,
0: it probably will come out just before this interview. So um, okay, well, I don't want to this, be go... preempting. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> No. That's... I was just gonna
1: point out that Ken had done he, he he on his blog he had mentioned a study that was done there in relation to airtightness and uh, insulation. Did he did you discuss that with him?
0: We discussed airtightness as a, as a general concept and, and the importance of I mean he he's similar. I think a lot of people who have been touched by passive house and have felt it are are strong advocates for um High-performance houses, I mean, I think there's one of the dangers of passive houses that it does – it kind of – polar, it can polarize people. But I think there mm. are – there's an emerging trend of people – and I would put yourself and, and Ken in this category – of of people who um, are a bit more um, – you've got a bit of a wider perspective of that and are in it to make houses better. And whether you go the full passive house route or whether you just sort of use those principles – I feel like you're not going to get too upset about that. Your big thing is just to make pet houses better. Is that is that correct?
1: Yeah. It, yeah, I'd have to agree with that, though. Uh, from a building point of view, our company, we only build passive house. We don't really build anything else. Right.
0: Um,
1: that's just a decision that was made in yeah. a company that we really wanted just to embrace that standard and not kind of to get in the middle row because we found it's interesting. I really appreciate what you're saying about the polarization, you know, about this issue. I think it's one of those subjects that when you get into it and the more and more you research, you can become quite passionate about this. Yeah. And the gap between passion and fanaticism is, you know, people can, it can seem that you just have one side of a story. Yeah, sure. Now, from a new build, where we've really focused on the passive, was mm-hmm. in relation to working with clients. Um, like I have a site meeting this week. I'm going to go down to a building that's over 150 years old that they're doing a retrofit on, and we're you know we're putting an air tightness in there, we're putting in like a warm insulated box inside that old building. Is that the only way um, to retrofit so a 150 year old? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> pretty much here because there's several without getting too technical into it, but like we have several issues here and moisture and interstitial condensation is a massive issue here yeah. as well. As yeah. you know as well as air tightness and actually perhaps Matthew, going back to your question there a few minutes ago in relation to why, why air tightness or regulations or whatever New Zealand is. Um, and why I mentioned Ken's uh, blog is uh, Ken's recent blog there. He, they did this study about uh, the effect of air has with insulation. Uh-huh. Because if if you get air movements through any insulation, it reduces the effectiveness of us. Yep. So you could have a super, you could decide that you're going to insulate your house, uh, you know, to keep it warm, to keep it cool. And air tightness also, it lets you cool the house as well. You know, um, it can work like it works well in summer and winter. It's, you know, it's not just for the cold times. But it was just the fact that insulation, like it, it just protects the insulated layer. And they did this study where they uh, they removed the half the insulation there and just checked then the heat demand and the heat load and the changes in it. I think initially they had something like 14 kilowatt per hour per square meter um, heat demand. Mm-hmm. And they took away half the insulation. That came up to 29. The heat load went from 10 to 17 watts per square meter. And then when they did the same thing where they took away the uh, the air tightness membrane, the heat load went up to 25. So the effect of removing the insulation wasn't as bad as the effect of moving the air tightness. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, you yeah. know, I think air tightness is something to be considered in any build like, on, on any hemisphere. And yeah. it's just, you know, if you think of being in, even in New Zealand, in your climate, if you think of it in the winter, like just being like heating air to let it go directly out through a draft. Yep. You know, it's kind of as simple as that, really, in some yep. ways.
0: I think you've just described 95% of our building stock. <laughs> and this is the challenge. And I, I, I see it not just here. And that's why. Um, I think it is – I'm really pleased to hear what you you say because I've heard so many people say it from all around the world, um, southern parts of North America, across Australia. I think it is relevant, and I think the more people hear it, um, the better because it's so easy to say, oh, but that's Europe or that's uh, North America or that's Canada. It's different over there. Um, and it's great to hear people like El- Elrond saying, "Well, actually, it's not that different. If it, if it's in my mind, if it's less than the ideal temperature, which is a fairly narrow window between sort of eighteen to twenty-one, twenty-five yeah. degrees. Yeah. If, if it's outside of that, then you need a conditioned space, and you yeah. need all the control that you can get.
1: Yeah, I and mean, you you need again, I suppose, like it." it you have the opportunity to build a home, like a home with dwelling, you know, like basically a box or several boxes that create one home and you can create that environment with the construction and the detailing and the builds, as opposed to trying to create that environment in a home with the use of energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, like obviously if you can reduce your, your reliance on trying to create a, a false environment using heating, using, you know, here it would be oil. We've used radiators and things like that to try and heat the space. And without the air tightness, you're trying to heat the air that's traveling through your space.
0: Yeah. Now I, th- I think you might've already hinted at it, but um, what would you say would be the, the most important if you had to pick the top three things uh, that someone should do if they're about to embark on a, on a project? either a retrofit or or a new build, what would you say the top three things are that someone should do in order to get a good performing home?
1: Um, Well, I would say, I suppose the first thing I would do is uh, educate themselves or deal with somebody who has an education in relation to construction principles um, in the detailing of a home. And just yep. look at the details. And first, look at your budget and see what you want to achieve and see what's important to you. For myself, again, I'd like you know, for a passive house building company, we said I sound like an airtight uh, sales rep, rep <laughs> yeah. this morning. But um, for me, I think number one would be an airtight envelope. Yeah. Um, you know, then you got your thermal, bridge, uh, thermal uh, bridge-free construction or design. It, it would be a massive one as well here um as sure it is anywhere else. It's just to consider that that you're you that you're building something that you can keep warm that's insulated either completely from the inside or insulated completely on the outside with no gaps or no bridges that can bring cool air in. Um so so yeah it's an airtight envelope, thermal bridge free design and uh, high levels of insulation, thermal insulation. That would be my first three I suppose. Which right. are actually the, I think that that's just, that's three of the five principles of passive house design. And yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just carry on with the other two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 The, um, so why are we leaving out there? Oh, passive house design, um, just a passive house standard of windows and doors and, uh, heat recovery and ventilation as well.
0: Yeah. 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 So they're um, sort of the, the, the next, that, that's next the five up. building blocks. Yeah. 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 um, I don't know. Uh, uh, the challenge I think a lot of people have is to is to identify that person who is trustworthy. How, how do people know who to trust? When you say you know, find it's someone who is. It's a huge issue.
1: I feel it's a huge issue, um, and I feel, yeah, I really feel you know this. Uh, like two things spring to mind straight away. One is I I talk to a lot of people who have talked to sales reps of particular products. Uh huh. And somebody not from the construction industry who's dealing with somebody who's the sales rep, who's, you know, professional salesperson, yep. can be quite taken in by those people. And yep. sometimes those people are selling the exact product you need, but sometimes they aren't. And if you're not familiar or, or if you've no, if you've nothing to base your judgment on, you can be kind of led quite easily yeah. in the way of going with a system or a product. And it's very hard and then. Uh, and another thing, that these are the two things I suppose that spring to mind when you ask that question is I find from our point of view, sometimes when I'm advising people, again, you sound like a sales rep. It's like you're trying to sell more membrane or something. Like people are suspicious of you because you're saying, okay, now you need to tape every window. And they're thinking, well, I have a window frame in. Like, why do I need to tape a window? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why do I need to do additional work? And you're you the only person telling
0: tape? me this because my builder said that, no, it's fine.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and then you have a scenario where a builder, well and I have experienced this where a builder will say to the client, I'm building houses for twenty years, I didn't even tape yes. my own windows, there's no need to yes. tape windows. Why would you bother taping windows? You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and and you are in a scenario, Matthew, where there's somebody who's actually been paid, like if he's taping windows or if he's getting somebody to tape windows, there's going to be additional costs for the yep. client, but there's also going to be additional payments to him, to or her, whoever's doing the build. And they still they still don't want to do it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which can be a kind of a head, bang the head off the wall moment in construction. But it's a very interesting point. I find myself sometimes, I enjoy, obviously it's not something we'd like to be doing full time, but I do enjoy when people ring us just looking for advice or our opinion, and we're not actually involved in the build. Right. Because that independence you have, you can just tell them, every. you can just give them your opinion. I yep. recommend I always recommend for people as, well as possible but to, I recommend for people to talk to people that are living in houses that have used the kind of construction details or the materials that you're recommending. Yeah. And yep. uh, that's a really big thing for us. And I suppose it goes back to what I said earlier on about uh, us getting a lot of work from uh, from uh, just being recommended from from people to people because somebody builds a house we're involved in it. things go quite well and then their friends or their work colleagues want to build a house and they say hey come and look at our house and they can get a feeling for us and yeah. that's a great that's a great place to start from as opposed to a cold call where they're saying hey how do i do this and you list off all the implications and all the costs and the, yeah, like and yeah, things yeah. like that yeah. and yeah. uh you know and there are a lot of people out there professionally within the regulations here that can say, no, you don't need to do any of that.
0: Yep. Yep. And I think that's prevalent everywhere. So I guess the key there is to find, to be clear about what you want as a desired outcome and then try and find some, essentially some references and some, some testimonials and, and people who have achieved what you want to achieve.
1: Definitely. I think that's really, really a good way to go and see, yeah and the post occupancy you know any post occupancy research is a fantastic thing to have and it's if you if you can if you can talk to people that have have a house with the kind of construction the kind of living standards that you want, and obviously the longer they've lived in it the better yeah yeah and and I do think that everybody you know any anybody that's built a home you know, talk to them ten years later, and they'll tell you, "Oh, yeah, well, maybe we should have put a lobby there, or maybe you know there could have been mm. a utility, mm. or there being something, you know, it, it's the best information. You won't get that from a book, or you won't get it from, you know, you won't get it from just talking to somebody, a builder. We are, we also, I don't know, is it the same in New Zealand, but but we've had a long history here of developer-led uh, construction. Yep, which is uh, yeah, which is an issue here because when you get into building units instead of homes as well. And when you get into, uh, uh, well, value engineering is a term that's used a little bit positively and negatively. But um, in a negative content, if you look at somebody and he's thinking of building 25 houses and he's going to save himself a couple of thousand euros by reducing the insulation by two inches in every house. Yep and he's never going to live in this house. Yeah. You know that that that's the negative of developer led uh, yeah. construction or sites. And that's a big thing here and that's also the gap between developer led building and self building. Self building yep. is, is is very small here. It's, it's it's not you know it's not a large percentage of construction.
0: Yeah. And and that's a big tension I think in a lot of places right now with a big push towards making houses more affordable in in air quotes because Mm. the it's very easy to strip costs from the the initial build and the buy price uh but that's going to have impact for the the life of that building and the the operating costs of it Um,
1: definitely and then it's kind of an unlevel playing ground then when you compare yeah yeah yeah. that goes back to the passive house as well when people say oh your passive house you know can cost 15 to 20 percent more for a build you know, it's it's more than what you know. Like, what are you comparing that to? Are you can bring that to a drafty house with low levels of insulation and bad construction detail. You know, bad construction detailing and bad construction. Uh, full stop.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I guess on the plus side, if you're anywhere uh, around Europe, then you're looking for an independent uh, advice, then you're a good place to start.
1: We're one of several places. I would really like to <laughs> emphasize that. You know, I I don't understand like we're the only people doing things right here. We're definitely not. There's a lot of people. There is there is a movement, and again, by Twitter you can see. Like it's great there. You, you know, and one thing I I suppose I'm, uh, you know, I left college back in 1990, you know, something like that, and uh, I find there's a huge shift as well from. When I started working in offices, you were very protective of your details. Uh, you know, if you if you had a good construction detail, you kind of kept that to yourself, and that was your build, and, uh-huh. you know, that was how your company got a good name. Um, whereas I find at the moment there's a really, really entusi- a great enthusiasm to share details, yeah. whether it's, you know, from New Zealand, America, or, or um, across Europe here. Yeah. But even here, there's several companies here, and like everybody's up on Twitter all the time. And like, you know, they're saying, Oh, this is how we did this, and this is how we achieved that. And they'll put the images up or they'll put the details up. We're going to have details up on our site later on this year. I think if you go on to 475 and Ken's site, yeah. there he's got some great details. Yeah. They've got some fantastic details. It's all free. Well, there's I think companies like ProClimer
0: that, yeah. and, and Stowe and some of those guys are, are also assisting with that as well. Obviously, they've got a um, yeah, they, they put their product in those details, but that also um, can make it easier for, for the... Uh, yeah, we did...
1: Um, I I did some work there. Uh, our company has done some work there on uh, Procliming New Zealand with details. Now, they're not up online yet, but right. uh, we did some work there with them. We did about 60, 70 details there for them. Oh, awesome. Just towards the, the end of last year the air are So they're not up on their website yet. I believe they're going to be up fairly soon. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be another free uh, – you know, another f- block of free information for people. Right. Well, we'll
0: be, sure and to that's... Our, we'll be sure to connect with that and make it easier for people to do some of that research when they on their own project. So well, that's exactly what I was going to
1: say, yeah. You've that's mentioned Twitter idea. a few
0: times, Derek. Um, that's yeah. obviously a good place for, for people to get in touch. Where, where, are the, where are the places that people can find you if they want to connect with you or find out more about uh, Klamer?
1: Well, Clima um, Klima House Limited uh, is the company name. Clima thats, I mean, that's yep. the Irish for cli- climate. Yep. Uh,
0: um,
1: yeah, Klima House. If they—if they—if if you go for Twitter, Roman at Clima House, he, like he is really the mainstay of our Twitter. Um, he's yep. posting all the time. You can actually see at the moment, that, like the lads are over doing a Gutex install um, in London. So he's very good at putting stuff up all the time and, you know, the actual practical pictures of how the construction is going. And um, I'm uh, on there as well. So it's Roman at Clioma or Derek at Clioma. It's, um yeah, that's the best place to get us. We also have a website, which is uh, just, it just got revamped there before Christmas. And we're just waiting for the information to go up on it. So it's it's Clioma House it's, Uh It's either Derek or Roman at Clioma, C-L-I-O-M-A. Um, at Twitter, or uh, if you just Google Cleoma House Limited, you get our website. Awesome.
0: Hey, well, thank you very much for your time, Derek. I really appreciate it, and uh, keep up the the good work out there. <laughs> um, and we'll we'll be sure to uh, stay in touch. So hopefully, uh, I'll, I'll put those links up so people can get in touch with you and uh, and see more about some of the great work you're doing.
1: Brilliant, Matt. Brilliant, 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 Really appreciate that, Matt. It's great to talk to you. Great you to get a chance to talk to you.
0: Derek Ward there from Climber House in Sligo, Island. As I said, I'll put some links up. All the information from that episode, there's a lot in there, uh, will be available at homestylegreen.com forward slash 103. That's for episode 103. If you enjoy this episode, I would love to hear from you either via Twitter at M M C U T L E R W E L S H, or go go and uh, like us on facebook.com forward slash Homestyle Green, also on Google Plus, LinkedIn, and uh, Pinterest as well. Um, but the thing that would really help me out and uh, help build the community of people interested in this sort of stuff. Would be to leave a review on iTunes, and that's very simple to do. You can head over to iTunes and in log into your iTunes account, find Homestyle Green in the store, and leave a quick review or a rating. Only take up a couple of minutes, and it really helps the visibility of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in. I've got some great interviews lined up uh, over the coming weeks, so look out for those. And until then, go make a better place to live.